This is episode 346 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are How to Almost Completely Erase Your Digital Footprint and Three Considerations for Choosing Where to Establish a Bugout Location. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. Hey, it's time to finally advance your preparedness goals. Get the ebook and join the forums. Go to microbiz.biz for more information or just click the link in the show notes. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our first article. It comes to us from readynutrition.com. And, uh, you know, this is one of those that's uh, very pertinent to where everyone's at right now with, with all the, the, the information out there about you know, Facebook tracking you and Twitter tracking, tracking you and Google tracking you and Amazon. Everybody's, everybody's tracking everybody. Now, for the most part right now, there is a lot of tracking going on as, so that they can market to you. And that's what everyone will say. But it's kind of scary when you think about that they are creating data points on you and they are creating a pattern about you. Not to mention the fact that uh, just recently I was at uh, a conference where uh, I was talking to someone about a certain product and lo and behold, I go to the internet and that product pops up. It had never popped up before. And this is a product that I, I wouldn't have gone to search it out on my own personal laptop. It's just not something that I would have done, but then it shows up and that is scary as heck. I just can't can't even begin to tell you that. So, uh, like I said, this is a, a product that I would have never looked up, and uh, it just showed up. So, anyway, there you go. Uh, you know, is it listening in? Are your devices listening in a little bit? Um, probably. You know, when you get when you download an app and you give it access, you're giving it access to your whole phone. And sometimes, uh, you know, we've recently talked about that not too long ago about you know giving an app the right to access your camera and access your your microphone and and you know those types of things well i mean that app really doesn't need that information uh but it it does right and so there you go so you know you have all these things going on and so you might get to a point in your life where you say you know what i'm i'm done with technology i'm done with electronics i think it's really hard in today's uh day and age uh you know Pandora, the Pandora's box has been open. Uh, I think if you're going to try to live like a regular person, I, it's very hard to um, completely be off the computers and internet and devices and things like that. Um, you would have to choose to live like completely out in the woods, away from everybody, and and not want to have you know interactions with uh, with well with buying and selling and things like that. So anyway, I'm doing a lot of talking. Let's go ahead and get uh, jump right into this article. Again, from readynutrition.com, how to almost completely erase your digital footprint. Although it's almost impossible to completely wipe out your entire digital footprint as if you've never had access to the internet, you can get close. 
If you'd like to make an attempt to completely remove yourself from the internet, we've got a few tips and tricks that could help you along the way. To go the full off-the-grid route, it's Cash and Barters, Bradley Shear, a lawyer specializing in social media, told the Washington Post, Don't, do not use any electronic device that can lead back to your whereabouts, which leads us to the first item to consider. The first thing you want to do is the hardest for some, but it's the most obvious. You need to quit appearing online, stop posting on Facebook or Twitter, and no longer use search engines. All of those will track your location and internet usage, leaving behind your digital footprint. Of course, just not using the internet isn't quite enough if you'd like yourself completely gone in full off-the-grid fashion. The next step would be deleting your online accounts, every single one of them. Having a social media account is, more or less, ensuring your active participation and letting the internet learn more about you. Facebook, in particular, knows a lot about you and is very good at tracking what you do across the rest of the web, even when you're not actively using it. If you need help deleting your accounts, consider JustDelete.me, which provides tips and links to remove accounts. But you can't just remove your accounts and expect that it's done and over with. You will also need to remove any and all information and content that is posted about you by others. This can get a little trickier, but you could consider trying Abines Delete Me, which for a fee can assist in removing your personal contact information and your photos and will provide you with a regular report and updates. Next, you want to search for yourself on the internet. This will help you discover if there are any old accounts, like remember MySpace, that you have forgotten you had lingering around. If you happen to come across an account you cannot delete, just start falsifying the information. Change the name on the account to whatever you want it to be. That's different than yours, obviously. Change the city and state and leave the gender unselected if possible. The less information you put in, the less you have to falsify. You're also going to want to unsubscribe from all of those mailing lists you've accidentally signed up for during your internet travels. That's usually pretty easy to do. Go into your junk folder and open up the advertisements. Scroll to the bottom of the email and click the tiny word unsubscribe. When it directs you to, make sure you choose to no longer receive any email that you'd consider junk. After all, that's why it was in the folder to begin with anyway, right? If you still need the internet for work, you may have to stop here. Having removed social media and clearing up your email will go a long way in minimizing your online trail. But for those who wish to continue on and go dark, your next step would be deleting search engine results. Google has a URL removal tool that could help. And guys, there's some links here. Uh, I, I guess I haven't been saying that as I've been going through them, but uh, there is this Google removal tool link here that, uh, that you can uh, click to. The next step would be contacting webmasters of websites you have no control over. Be kind and let them know you'd like your information and comments removed. Be prepared to be told by some that all public information should remain public, in which case you may be out of luck. You'll also need patience. Not every single webmaster will get back to you in a timely manner. Once you've completed everything listed above, you should consider removing your information from data clearinghouses. Many companies track your online behavior and sell that data to others. Intellius, Spokio, and PeopleFinders are a few examples of such data clearinghouses. 
In order to remove your information from these, however, will take up a lot of your time. You'll need to make a lot of phone calls and fill out a ton of paperwork. A paid service called Delete Me could be considered if you've got some extra cash lying around. For all others, you will need time and patience and determination to get through this step. Once you feel you've gotten yourself removed from the data clearinghouses, you should contact the phone company and be sure to make your phone number unlisted. The last step would be to delete your email. Every time you access it, they have your IP address, Shear said. This is last simply because during the completion of the previous steps, an email address is likely going to be required at some point. If you've decided you cannot completely go dark as for as far as internet use is concerned, consider protecting your data and information by using an encrypted email service such as ProtonMail. And if you want your activity not to be tracked across the web, you would have to essentially use a virtual private network or a VPN every time you access the internet, unless you exclusively access the internet from public machines, such as those at a public library. For searching online, you can use sites such as DuckDuckGo instead of Google or Yahoo or any other search engine that tracks you. Also, consider Signal, a text and phone call encryption app that comes with a recommendation from Edward Snowden himself. Although it seems it may be futile to attempt to go dark, you just might be successful. Best of luck to those who have the desire to disappear from the internet because you'll need it and all the patience you can muster. All right, guys. So like I said, I don't know if it is very possible anymore to to go completely dark. Um, There's going to be a lot of things that maybe... um, like if you have a real job, they they would have to pay you in cash, and uh, you know that would be uh, something probably that they wouldn't want to be able to do because they it just it's not as easy to be able to do that, right? So I don't know. They they still would be uh, tracking your social security number and all those kinds of things. This this uh, definitely this uh, article doesn't go into all of those kinds of things, right? So, uh, although at the very beginning they said that uh, he was, this article was quoting um, another article uh, that's linked, and it was saying, you know, if you are wanting to go completely off the grid or completely dark, you would have to just rely on cash and bartering to be able to do that, because there's just really no no way to do that in today's uh, day and age. Now, I don't know if I would, and I've said this before, I don't know if I would be deleting accounts. And the reason being is that the, the your information doesn't necessarily always get deleted from various places. Now, like Facebook, I've heard two different things now. Like they do delete your account, but you know some of the information is is uh, left on the server. And then uh, I heard from someone that said that uh, that they did delete their account. But then Facebook was always emailing them saying, hey, come on back to you know Facebook or whatever. And someone did say that they, they re-registered for Facebook and then all of their stuff was still there. So that's kind of weird. But anyway, um, I, I wouldn't go that route. I would just leave them there. I just wouldn't be active with them anymore. Or I would, uh, of course, I mean, like, you know, I wouldn't be using my phone and all that type of stuff anymore. But uh, if I was uh, still on there, I might be doing things to kind of throw off the algorithm. So if I never, you know, watch cat videos, I might watch some cat videos. If I never, you know, uh, liked this thing or whatever, I might post some articles 
on uh, you know on something like if if I never talk about recipes, I might post articles on recipes, right? Or you know on I don't know. You get my idea. You're just doing things that are completely not you. Your friends might be like, "What the heck is going on?" Right? But you could just be throwing off the algorithms completely. And, uh, you know, just putting false information on there. Um, I think it was kind of funny when uh, years ago I used to, I found this little figure at, uh, at a bookstore and it was uh, Moses and he had his Ten Commandments and he had a staff. And so there was a, a whole summer where I was taking every day, I would take one picture with Moses somewhere and I would post it on my, you know, on my Facebook and on my Instagram account. And so, you know, I was I would tag it my Moses and me and, and different things like that, right? Um, but one of the things that I would do is uh, if I if I posted about Moses, I would you know I would say something like you know in Egypt, you know Mount Sinai or whatever, and it would show me Facebook would show that I was you know that I had visited Mount Sinai because because I had put that into a post, you know, like I had checked in there or whatever. But anyway, so you can do things like that, you know, and of course your IP address always gives you away. If you are, you know, if you are in Houston, Texas and you say you're somewhere, well, your IP address is going to be a Houston IP address unless you're, you are using a VPN. And even at that, it's still, there's ways for them to track you. So anyway, uh, just, you know, there's some information there. I think we all need to be very careful though. And so uh, if you are a person who is always downloading apps and you're always trying out all these things and you're, you're out there and you're telling your whole story out there, I think you, you need to start thinking about doing things a little bit differently and maybe not allowing the world to know all the information about you. This article reminded me of a video that I saw when I first started in preparedness. I actually linked to it a couple of times. It's by a guy named Anton Edwards, or he's the, uh, you know, it's one of those docudramas. And the title of the video is called Track Me If You Can. Now, some of those, some of you have been uh, preppers for a while and uh, you do uh, go and read Prepper website. And I've actually, I think I've linked to this video before in previous um, articles that I have written. Um, but you know, this this specific video kind of walks you through how to completely go dark, completely go off the grid. And basically you're leaving your, I mean, the whole, the whole idea is you're leaving your whole life behind. It's kind of dated, but it's, it's good just in kind of, you know, giving you some ideas. A lot of things have changed since, since this video has come out, but it's still there. And I'm going to go ahead and link to it in the show notes. If you want to watch it, it's about 43 minutes. And so it's a uh, very, very interesting stuff there. So you can go check that one out. Like I said, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. All right, guys, our next article comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. And the title of this one is Three Considerations for Choosing Where to Establish a Bug Out Location. And so a lot of people, um, you know, think about you know, this, this type of scenario. You know, hey, if things go bad in the city, where are we going to? And then when we get there, you know, what are we, how are we setting it up? What are we looking for? What kinds of things are we taking into consideration? And so this article um, looks at this uh, and gives you some ideas of why um, the, actually um, Salty and Spice have set up a bug out location or a retreat area 
And so they kind of, um, they're using it as a weekend retreat, but also this is a place where they would go bug out to if they needed to. And so they're going through some of the pros and cons or some of the reasons why they're doing what they're doing. And so some of this is, is really good information. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into this one. Suppose you've bugged out. You've arrived at the chunk of land where you have decided to stay, maybe for a few days, maybe longer. And it's time to set up a place to rest your head. You don't yet have a nifty refuge with all the amenities set up, so you need to set up a bug out location. What are some of the important considerations? The general choice of where to go is beyond the scope of this article, although we do talk about bugging out to the woods in general here. Once you're on the right chunk of land, though, just where should you place the shelter? Salty and I faced this question when deciding where to put our cabin at the place. We could have put it on top of one of the hills, down by the pond, where it would have had three sides to two woods, and the fourth facing the little draw half filled by the pond, or in a compromised position at the end of a long but narrow cleared ridge with its back to the woods. We went with the hilltop after thinking about several issues. View and concealment. We could see best from the hilltop, see one direction from the ridge, and see little from the pond. On the flip side, we'd be best concealed in the draw and least on the hilltop. Our bug out location is also our weekend retreat, and we think attack from outside has a very low probability, so we went with the most enjoyable view. The breeze. Hilltops and often ground get the most depressions and woods get the least. This is a big deal if you're going to be in a hot climate without air conditioning. Shade. Woods provide shade, obviously, but also consider that draws get far fewer hours of sunlight if the sides are steep. Our pond, for example, is only in full sun about seven hours a day, even at the height of summer. Bugs and other critters. As these other organisms also favor coolness, shade, and concealment, we'd have a lot more company down in the draw. Branches falling on your head. Not as rare as you'd think when you tuck under trees. In the gust front of any summer thunderstorm, I can sit on the porch at the place and hear significant deadfalls coming down in the nearby woods. So water at the bug out location can be good or bad. Runoff during heavy rains. Have you ever been camping in a tent and at 3 a.m. when it's raining cats and dogs discover that you're at the bottom of a runoff slope and you hadn't thought to dig a drainage ditch around yourself? I have. It's not fun. Flash floods. Those burbling cool streams can be very attractive, but you'd better think about the terrain. Watercourses can get very high very fast during heavy rain, especially when the ground's already saturated or naturally sheds water easily. The western deserts areas are notorious for this, as pop-up thunderstorms miles away can cause very sudden and violent rises in water levels. You don't want your bug-out location to become a stream bed. On the other hand, it sure is nice not to have to walk far with collected water and then close to the roads or tucked away. As with the open concealed question, this is potentially a trade-off between a bug-out location security and logistics problem. The more tucked away you are, the more likely you are to encounter problems when getting in or out. We talked about the travel hazards to be found off-pavement in the podcast and post below. 
On a related note, also be careful about game trails. Sitting on or very near a game trail invites animals into your camp. Sometimes they won't go around, either because they're tearing along at high speed or because they just don't care. And so there is a picture there of a skunk. I wonder if it's one that, uh, nope, no, it would, this, isn't, this isn't a skunk that uh, was at their bug out location. All right, so, uh, you know, good article there as far as where to consider, you know, placing your your bug out location, whether that's going to be more a more permanent structure or even if you have a tent and you're out there camping and you are, uh, you know, you have these things uh, that you need to consider uh, definitely because um, you want to be as safe as possible. And, you know, sometimes you might think, you know, hey, if it's, there's a flash flood that happens, you know, that I can move my stuff really, really, really quickly. But, you know, not really. I mean, some flash floods happen very quickly and you don't want to be in a place where, I mean, you get out alive, but you might lose your things because the flood, you know, or the stream takes, uh, you know, takes things down, down the uh, stream and you, you don't want that. And so, you know, there's a lot of things there to be, uh, to consider, um, you know, uh, how many people are with you is going to be a big deal as well. Um, can they provide security, all those different kinds of things. And so, uh, when you're, when you're thinking about this, there's a lot of things. So th- I guess the big thing here is when you're, when you're bugging out or you are, uh, putting your bug out location together, if you have the ability to do that, there's a, a lot of things to think through. You're not just setting it up in the flattest place. You're not just setting it up in the, you know, the, the place that has the most shade. I mean, you're, you're setting it up and there's things to think through and things to consider as you walk through those, you know, uh, through the situation. So guys, that's over at Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. As always, I'm going to link to both of these articles and also the video that I talked about, Track Me If You Can, in the show notes. And so you can go uh, check those out if you want a little bit more information or you want to click on the links that they provided within their articles. I mean, that's always, there's always more information that you can, uh, you know, bounce to and learn from. All right, guys. Well, because today is the Thursday podcast, I always uh, read a conflicted scenario. And uh, for those of you that are new, conflicted is a survival card game that uh, has questions on the back. And the, the questions, you know, cause you to answer in a conflicted way. And so I always talk about there's a couple of different things you can do with this. You can either just listen to the scenario and think about what you would do and kind of go from there. Uh, Maybe stretch your thinking a little bit. Uh, You might have somebody that you can share this with or maybe somebody if you're riding in the car and there's somebody there uh, with you that you you can uh, listen to the scenario and then uh, click pause or wait till after the podcast and you can talk about what you would do in your scenario or if you like to share what you would do you can come on over to edthatmatters.com I'm going to link to it in the show notes but then that allows you to share your perspective and, or your answer on this scenario and uh, it does help for other people to read those scenarios there's always great um, advice, I, I think, uh, because I usually have to approve everyone and I, I get notified when anybody leaves a comment. And so I, I always learn something from other people that uh, put a little bit of time and effort into this because it's just, um, you know, you come at it from one standpoint and, and people are looking at it from different points of view. And so I think that's always helpful and uh, that adds to your 
perspective and your ability to to see things and uh, and possibly maybe answer some other scenarios in your life. So anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and read this one here. It's called Conflicted Debts After the Collapse. What would you do? All right, so here we go. I'm going to read it twice and uh, then we'll go ahead and conclude our podcast. So here it goes. The banking system in your country has collapsed. You have some supplies, but your bank account cannot be accessed for more. There are, however, people who owe you money and it dawns on you that either you need to collect now in cash or goods or risk never being paid again. How would you go about collecting debts after the collapse? All right, so one more time. The banking system in your country has collapsed. You have some supplies, but your bank account cannot be accessed for more. There are, however, people who owe you money, and it dawns on you that either you need to collect now in cash or goods or risk never being paid again. How would you go about collecting debts after the collapse? All right, guys, so that is our conflicted scenario. And if you choose to go over to Ed That Matters, there are there is another link here that you might be interested interested in. Uh, it's entitled How to Get Your Finances Under Control So Your Family is Financially Prepared for an Economic Storm. And so you might want to bounce off of that one there if you go over to Ed That Matters. So uh, like always, guys, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 346. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.